Tonight's Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. It's the NFL Week 15 preview on the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. Was that you queuing you up? I guess. <laughs> It is the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. This week, week 15 of the NFL, it means that the playoffs are starting, and we're going to talk about starts and sits. We're going to make a little wager at the end of the show as well, find out who has to uh, provide pizza for next week. That's right. So I am Jason Evans, joined as always by Mr. David Biggs. David, hello. How are you doing tonight? Hello, Jason. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, What are you drinking there, buddy? So I've got a uh, Brickstone uh, Hop Skip, which is a double pale ale. And uh, made in uh, uh, Bourbonnais, Illinois, which is also the place where... Just like Illinois is just Illinois, you don't pronounce the S at the end of Bourbonnais. Which is also the place where the Bears practice, right? Uh, Bourbonnais is where they have, um, not practice, but it's where they do uh, their uh, training camp. camp. Training camp. Uh, uh, I forget what university is down there. Not that anybody cares about the Bears in the past 10 or, or so years. Apparently, London and Spain care about them, and Canada, because they've all been declared as um, home viewing areas. Oh. <laughs> I wonder how that happened. It's just for blackout rules for broadcasts, I believe. Yeah. Um, but it happened because the NFL likes money, and they want more money, because they don't have enough money. Well, that's not an unusual want for a company to have. I know. You're right. Yes. You're right. It's just depressing sometimes, you know, the, and we don't need to talk about capitalism. The NFL tonight. NFL is not a That's socialist a different organization. <laughs> You're right about that. This is a different podcast we're about to delve into. Yes. So, this week we are going to talk about some starts and sits for your playoff games, and we're going to have ourselves a little mini draft uh, to place a bet, and we'll go over the traditional Jay Cut list at the end of the show. Um, but first, as always, we want you guys to... Yes, Dave? No, but first. Oh, but first. Okay. Uh, I'm just listening to you. We want you guys to go to drink5.com and check out all the good content that we have there on a weekly basis. For example, right now, you can check out uh, the waiver pickups this week if your league happens to pick up waivers on Wednesday nights. Uh, you can read the Statistically Insignificant article uh, talking about some of the fun stuff from Week 14. You can check out Dave's rankings. Dave is one of the experts listed on Fantasy Pros, and the only place you can see Dave's rankings exclusively is on drink5.com. And then if you're listening to us live or even later on <laughs> and you're on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel so that we can become bigger and slowly take over the fantasy football world. Uh, that's right. That's the goal, right? Covered. Check mark. Got it. Yeah. So we're going to go around the NFL. Um, and the big bad story in the NFL this week, of course, is COVID. I saw a completely unconfirmed stat earlier that 75 players have been placed on the COVID list in the last two days. Um, so that's basically a roster and a half's worth of players right now. Uh, at the moment, the teams hit the hardest seem to be like the Browns and Washington football team. So the Browns are going to be missing Jarvis Landry. Um, they're missing Austin Hooper. They're missing. Um, I like how Odell Beckham is listed here in our notes as if he was a Brown still. Uh, they're missing um, uh, the quarterback. Why am I drawing a blank on the quarterback? Baker Mayfield. I love Baker's 
commercials. How so can I draw? It'll be like Case that? Keenum. And yeah, I think when you were writing these up, you just had a paragraph of people that were. I just all had a bunch of names COVID-ed. thrown in there. Yeah, I, I like that you parsed <laughs> this out a little bit better. Uh, Odell also did test positive. Um, or he's on the COVID list. I'm always very confused because players who are contacts and players who test positive are put on the same list at first and not all of that information is revealed. Also, you don't always know players' vaccination status. So if someone is a close contact but they're vaccinated, then like they're going to come back for the most part. And if they're vaccinated and they test positive... Um, they have a decent chance of coming back. But if they're not vaccinated and they test positive, they have to sit out for like 10 days. But there's randomness built in anyway because if someone is sick, it doesn't mean because they're vaccinated that they're going to suddenly be better in four days. Exactly. Um, like, it definitely, you can test positive for a long time. Yeah. So so it's, uh, it's trouble. It's an obstacle course that we've been sorting through for the last two years now. Um, but it has definitely hit the hardest this particular... Uh, this particular week, or maybe this section of uh, of football this season, over the past sure, couple yeah. weeks, and as we talked about earlier today, um, off the off the record, uh, the Cleveland Browns game. This is now going to be on the record, as you see. The Cleveland Browns game <laughs> could possibly be a game that gets canceled. Now, I don't think either of us think it will be canceled, but it could be a game that gets canceled because, according to the NFL's own rules, if they if they have more cases than they currently do now, it could get over a certain threshold that right. requires the game to be canceled. And I would in, say that this game, still less than a 50% chance it gets canceled, but perhaps the closest we've come so far this year to a game getting canceled. Yeah, but uh, but I'm glad that you know it, it hasn't come to that, and I don't think it will come to that, and I'm glad that the NFL has rules, however vague they may be. Um, and we have always, as fantasy team managers and commissioners, dealt with these kinds of things where we don't have all the information. Yeah. So that's nothing new. That's part of the randomness of fantasy football. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the many things sort of built into fantasy football that make it exciting and interesting and you don't know what's going to happen every week. And, you know, that's part of it. It's not like... You know, it's one of the reasons why you don't play fantasy just to score points throughout the year and award the person with the most points at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's there, boring. There are leagues like that, but we don't play in any of them. Right. Mm-hmm. I would play one of those leagues, maybe, but I don't want any. I don't want all my leagues to be like that. I think that that's boring, as I said. Um, so this week there are Saturday games. Uh, college football is officially moved on to their bowl season. So the Raiders and the Browns are scheduled to play at three thirty on Saturday. As of earlier today, I believe uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell said that there are no plans at the moment to move the game. And if I remember correctly, they stated earlier in the season that they won't reschedule games for COVID this time around. They'll just cancel them if teams reach that threshold you were talking about. Yeah, which if, if it does come to that will be a major blow to fantasy team managers and cause issues with commissioners everywhere. If anything, it's fortunate that this will happen on Saturday. You have a lot of time to take care of that issue if it does happen to come up. Yeah, and, and do you know if it does get canceled, obviously the information would have to come out first uh, saying that it has passed a certain threshold, but uh, I wonder how close to the game they would actually do it. I would assume that once it reaches the threshold, that it would be canceled, however close to the game that is. I, feel I don't like, know, like <laughs> if if we get to like two p.m. on Saturday, if they say we're playing no matter what. Yeah, I feel like if the NFL gets to that point and it's two o'clock, they're just like, eh, 
We don't need a kicker. Just do you guys have eleven people you can put on the field? That's all you need is eleven. Let's just get this over. You're gonna with. have eleven guys on offense and defense, the same eleven all game long. I mean, the NFL has uh, Nick Chubb is going to be the punter and the field goal kicker. The NFL has, I believe, <laughs> and some, the safety some kind of a receptacle with an eternal flame that just burns tape constantly, and this is one of those that would go right in there if it was to be almost canceled. They're going to play the game and then burn the tape. That's right. They're That's like a this smart never, idea. This never happened. But yeah, essentially for <laughs> fantasy purposes, that game uh, all those players would not play, mm-hmm. and uh, the Browns would get a loss in the uh, in the standings. The Raiders, I assume, would get a win. I don't know how that. Uh, gels with the coin coin was wrong last week so um we have completely shunned it and it's no longer a thing i it was never a thing for me <laughs> and then on saturday night at uh 7 20 these times are all central time zone the best time zone uh the patriots will be playing the colts so that's going to be an excellent game um and i believe that that's why you want me to uh, meet up with you around seven o'clock on saturday so that we can watch the night game uh, sure. Yes, bringing more offline conversations online here. Well, I for I, the record, I I would let's try and watch this game. I would encourage anyone who is uh, at least remotely friendly uh, with somebody to get together for any football game because whether the game is good, bad, or somewhere in between, there's always something to talk about. That's and, true. And uh, w- whether or not you like what the NFL stands for as a business uh, or anything else related to the NFL, I think it has always been. Um, if you if you mute some of the announcers, a good product. It is almost always very entertaining. <laughs> Monday Night Football, you know, stretches those limits on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, we came up with a very good uh, booth for Monday Night Football in one of the group chats I'm in earlier this week. We said that Greg Olson, who has been really good uh, for Fox this year as a color commentator, should join Monday Night Football he doesn't have much competition or like he's not as high enough profile yet to really be snapped up by someone. And then ESPN employs Jason Benetti, who does all kinds of different sports. He's an amazing play-by-play guy, and he's the primary play-by-play guy for the White Sox. Um, and he's a fantastic announcer. I think that Jason Benetti and Greg Olson would make an amazing Monday Night Football team. And I could... I would watch that and not worry about the Manning cast. I've always thought that you should try to find a, a defensive player that is good at public speaking and announcing and pair them up with an offensive player who they played in the NFL yeah. so that they're always thinking in their head that they want to tackle and destroy that person. And that would add a little bit of aggression oh, fun. Uh, to to the play. So they've had that before. Like Booger uh, was an off, a defensive player. And and they often had offensive players as a I'm not, like I'm, Brian Greasy. I'm not interested. Was a quarterback. I'm not interested in calling anyone by the name Booger. <laughs> I'll stick with Jason Benetti and Greg Olson then. My that's my dream. Uh, like Monday Night Booth booth now. My uh, fiance and I have decided we're not going to even uh, um, we're not going to say Booger. Um, yeah. So okay. so we've mentioned is him it now. Snot now. This is the only time. <laughs> What's no, the I replacement just, word? I, I, is that is that the guy's nickname? Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's like the name his grandmother called him. Yeah, so... So it's like his name. So it's a nickname. I mean, if you Google him, it's Booger McFarlane. Yeah, so, but his name is not Booger. Figure Anthony out, Durrell Booger McFarlane. Okay, so his name is Anthony. So, uh, Jess, we're calling him Tony from now on, all right? Yes, please. All right, there you go. So, screw Booger, man. His name is Tony. <laughs> 
And, and by the way, the name his grandmother calls him is not his given name. That's not how it works. McFarlane received the nickname Booger as a child, saying, I was a bad kid getting into a lot of wild stuff. I used to get called a lot of different things, but that was just the one that stuck. We know, we know that the name is not because he got into bad things. It's because he ate his snot. Oh, certainly. Yeah. For sure. Who, who is named Booger because, because he's like a bad kid that walks on the wild side? No. Well, you know, some grandmothers have very creative ways of swearing. <laughs> they don't they don't actually use swears. They, you know, say things like booger. Oh my goodness. I'm not calling <laughs> She was him... just trying to call him a little shit. All I'm all I'm saying is that we're calling him Tony, not not Booger. You can call him Booger if you want. I will totally call him Booger. We're not calling if him. If he booger. comes on the podcast, he's Booger. I have just said Booger way too many By times. By the way, you're invited on the show, Anthony. So Tony, come on the show if you so want. Tony. But uh not calling you Booger still. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wonder like if they put their names on the Super Bowl rings, if it says Anthony or Tony or Booger. Oh, jeez. Booger. <laughs> what else is going on in the NFL, Dave? <sighs> um, from Ian Rappaport, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins dealing with a knee injury. It's a knee sprain. He's not uh, going to participate in today's walkthrough in danger of missing this week's game. In fact, uh, he was earlier this this week, uh, uh, it was decided that he was not going to play any of the games uh, in the regular season of yeah, the NFL. Yeah. Um, now, uh, from what I've heard, it, it's still not confirmed, confirmed, but being that we're only playing the next three weeks, it looks like that's not going to be a thing for us as fantasy team managers. So we're just going to have to deal with the loss of Hopkins. Uh, he is seeking more opinions, but from multiple sources now saying that he could come back in the playoffs, but not the regular season. Uh, we will definitely, uh, be talking more on the ramifications of that later. Um, TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift did not practice today. Uh, both of those players, of course, uh, some amazing fantasy production throughout the season. Yeah. And it, just because they didn't practice today doesn't mean that they won't play because they're not playing on Thursday. So they've both been out for at least one game. I know Swift's been out two games, I believe. Hawkinson did not play last week. So as we always say, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Players need to practice on Thursday and Friday. It's very rare that players don't practice all week long and play. You need an Aaron Rodgers or a DeAndre Hopkins type player to not practice all week and still play on Sunday. Yeah, so if they don't if they don't practice on Thursday or Friday, they're definitely going to be out. We might even have an out verification from the team before then. Right. But uh, it, it sounds to me like Hawkinson might play and Swift might still be a little bit uh, uh, out of, of the box of... Uh, of, of being physically healthy enough to play. But we're not going to know until Friday. I mean, they players. really have no reason to rush either of them back. The Lions' uh, 1 in 800 billion chance of making the playoffs, I believe, has been uh, nixed. Well, we say that a lot. But, of, of course, they still need to go out and play and have reps and, you know, be football players. Yes, but, obvi- but I mean, like, a, a Swift, you don't rush him back if he has a risk of getting hurt again. No. Any of these guys. Uh, James Conner is day-to-day with an ankle issue after undergoing an MRI on Tuesday. Uh, Chase Edmonds expected back against the Lions after being on IR for quite a while. Uh, He was uh, open to be activated last week, but did not get activated. James Conner has been the number two running back in half PPR scoring from week 6 to 14. He has been uh, a revelation for a lot of teams that were able to pick him up or had him on their bench uh, in order to make the fantasy playoffs. Or some teams even drafted him and kept them there. Uh, I, for for one, uh, have been a James Conner believer and, and drafted him in several leagues. And 
Yes, he was on the Steelers. He was great on the Steelers. <laughs> and uh, the, most of the reason why he didn't do well in his last year in the Steelers was the offensive line. Yeah. Now, on the Arizona Cardinals, they have such a great offense. Uh, it's It's been clear that James Conner is one of the best players on that offense He now. made an incredible catch on Monday night. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, that was really awesome. And uh, it, the, the question here is, is Connor going to play because there's a day-to-day situation with his ankle at the end of the game uh, last uh, last week? There was a a point of, in time where he was on the ground and the game continued on and then finished, but he was still being helped off the field by trainers. Uh, if he does play, does he retain the workload that has made him that number two running back? And uh, the other question is, you know, Benjamin, who a lot of people are picking up this week, thinking that if maybe Edmonds is still a little injured or coming back from injury, if Connor is not able to play, then clearly, you know, Benjamin is the guy, right? He's had all year to have opportunities, never has made anything of that. Yeah, I don't see, you know, Benjamin as any kind of direct replacement for James Connor. James Connor has um, 14 touchdowns this year, two, four, six, eight, uh, Five games with multiple touchdowns. So if you were to pick up Eno Benjamin, or if you 16 already... 16 touchdowns on the year with a couple of receiving in there. So uh, an incredible year for him, really. I, I think that having Chase Edmonds on the squad is not a bad deal. But if Connor plays, I think it's clear that he's still going to be the guy, uh, even if he has four or five less touches. And, and Bruce Arians is not someone who shies away from giving the ball carrier the ball. Uh. You're right, and Bruce Arians, the coach of Tampa Bay, does that a lot with Leonard Fournette. But Cliff Kingsbury, the coach of Arizona, also feels the same way. Yeah, 100% right. (laughs) Yeah, sorry to mix those guys I'm usually the one doing that, so that felt fun. Sorry, Cliff. But what's interesting about Connor, I'm looking it up here in our Drink 5 League. So he was drafted in the 10th round. He was cut the day before the season started and was not picked up until week 5. So he'd already had a 17 and a 19 point game before people put in a claim on it. That's one league. It is, it is one league, but it's our it's our snapshot league to compare with uh, when we're on the podcast. Well, we we've looked all year at uh, in the beginning of the year we we looked at one A and one B, which a lot of people like to try to put those running backs in those boxes, and I think that it's always been in in the the Cardinals situation, Connor as the goal line back and Edmonds as the guy who's the passing down guy. But even last year and the year before when Edmonds was playing with Kenyon Drake on the Arizona uh, Cardinals offense, um, Edmonds was not getting that much of a snap count. He was he was still not the guy that was getting most of the goal line carries, and oftentimes it would not be him getting the short yardage. So uh, Edmonds has really been the guy who has been unable to prove himself above the line at which James Conner has performed. Yeah, I mean, and Connor is just, I mean, he's just finding the end zone left and right. Yeah. And that's the reason why. It's not like he's putting up big yardage totals. He has touchdowns in 10 different games this year and only gone over 100 yards in three of them. Harbaugh uh, says that Lamar Jackson won't practice today. Uh, He didn't practice. He remains day-to-day, and the team needs to see how he'll progress through the week. Uh, Lamar, I would suspect, one of those guys who could not practice all week and still play on Sunday. Yeah, but, but the fact that he was carted off the field uh, speaks to yeah, you know good. maybe not being ready for this week, but they're not saying anything about it, and this is more for football reasons than it is for Lamar. You know, not giving us information 
It's not something that the uh, the coaches and the trainers of an organization have to do. They don't have to give the fantasy team managers and fantasy websites information about the injuries of the players. And Harbaugh is not someone who wants to do that anyway. Um, I, I will say that uh, we'll talk about this a little later with some other players, but whether or not Lamar Jackson is on the field uh, doesn't necessarily impact the fantasy production of several of the players on the Ravens. In fact, it may tilt them in a different direction because Lamar Jackson is someone who monopolizes the uh, rushing yardage. Uh, it, you know, much like some of the other quarterbacks that we've talked about throughout the year, like Jalen Hurts, uh, like Josh Allen. So not having a Lamar Jackson out there could really improve things for someone like Devontae Freeman, for example, who has moved his way up in the rankings in the past 24 hours. Yes, I, I agree with that. And, it, you know, in light of the fact that they signed um, Josh Johnson to the practice squad, uh, oh, no, from the practice squad to the active roster, I believe, <clears throat> it looks like they're planning on not having Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Or at least they're they're getting ready to not have him. Yep. Uh, from Tom Pelissero, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, just speaking of him, has a high ankle sprain, which can be pretty tricky. That's why he's splitting reps this week with Gardner Minshew. Now, Hurts is trying to play versus Washington, and Washington, as, as Jason mentioned, is having a lot of issues with COVID. They might have some defensive problems uh, as far as players that are unable to play this particular week, but it looks like uh, Hurts with a high ankle sprain uh, and being a guy that uh, his, his, his biggest threat is his legs, arguably at least, um, it, it may be the case that Gardner Minshew goes out there again. And when we saw Gardner Minshew last play, granted it was against a defense that was not as good as Washington, uh, he performed very well. And so in teams that are super flex, I imagine that Gardner has already been picked up. If you haven't picked him up yet and you have available roster spots or you know some blowhard that's going to be on our cut list later, pick up, <laughs> pick up Gardner Minshew because uh, th- there is no doubt in my mind that in any regular matchup against any team that is not one of the top defenses in the NFL that he can put up with the Eagles offense two touchdowns and 250 yards. Minshew mania, baby. So uh, in a one-quarterback league, it's not really a, a playable situation. <clears throat> but uh, Jalen Hurts with a high ankle sprain – I don't see him playing, uh, not his game. No, because his whole point is that he's uh, very mobile, can get out of the pocket to throw the ball, can get out of the pocket to run the ball. And you don't do that when you have a high ankle sprain. Those take several weeks to heal at the le- at the minimum. Yeah, and, and one of the other things that could possibly happen uh, that could be interesting is uh, the fact that Miles Sanders is now healthy again. And if they have Minshew and, uh, and not Hurts, and they have an offense that is a little bit more, uh, uh, should we say, um, NFL usual, then we'll probably... (laughs) Something that resembles an NFL offense. We'll probably see Miles Sanders actually look like the running back that he can be. Yeah, I agree with you. So he could be a great play, too. Uh, So so that's it for the Around the NFL segment. Literally the only news you need to know. There's, there's all, always all kinds of more things, but we're going to move on. We'll have a little drink. Maybe you get one yourself. Mm. Please do. And, and cheers to everybody out there. Like Jason said earlier, subscribe to our Drink 5 YouTube channel. We are always looking for people to participate in the chat room, and we love answering questions. What a lovely board. I hope that was on camera. <laughs>
let's get into some meat and potatoes, Jay. Yeah, so we're going to go over some starts uh, and sits, and obviously we're going to skip past all the obvious ones, hopefully, and get into um, you know some of the borderline guys, because that's where the real... Um, the real meat is so at running back. Well done, here. sir. I don't Me- know what's going medium on. Medium rare, medium rare. Uh, Sony Michelle was the first guy I identified. He's the running back for the Rams, of course. He's playing Seattle this week. They are at home. The Rams are. So we're we're looking at uh, uh, our rankings, drink five rankings versus the the ECR, which is the expert consensus rankings of FantasyPros.com, and and saying what have we identified. Uh, we meaning I specifically, so Jason of course can disagree, and he might during this. this I like uh, to, in fact, <laughs> during this segment, um, uh, as as like a big disparity between uh, the rank that that we've given him and the expert consensus rank, which is the average of uh, of the active uh, experts that rank on that website. Right. So I certainly agree with you here on Sony Michelle. You've got Sony Michelle ranked twelve. And his ECR is 20, so he's much higher than his ECR. So he's basically sitting on the edge of RB2 territory, uh, but I say don't shy away from him because Daryl Henderson is returning. Henderson had a quad injury that's an issue for most quarterbacks. It's where they get hit a lot. It's going to affect his running ability. Yeah. And we see a lot, like you were just talking about, replacing James Conner. Yeah. What we see a lot is when guys come in, they don't receive as many carries, or they're just not as effective. Sony Michelle was really effective in place of Daryl Henderson. Super effective. He had 47 touches over the last two games. That's huge. You don't see backup guys getting that very often. The Rams are not afraid to use him as the primary back. I believe that this is going to be the case this week. They're going to ease Henderson back in. The Rams are another team that are looking to you know make some hay in the playoffs, so they're going to want to be healthy too. They're not going to force Henderson back. So he's, he's being eased into the lineup because of his quad injury, and he was also put on the COVID list this week. Uh, today, I think it was. So Daryl Henderson might not even play this week. But even if he does, I like Sony Michelle here. Michelle gets to go against the Seahawks defense. They are giving up the second most points to opposing running backs. They have given up 10 plus points to 15 different players. Now, that's 15 different performances. There may be a few repeats in there because of division games, but that's not the point here. So, even if there's a bit of a split between the running backs, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Michelle to put up running back two numbers, and I think he has great RB1 upside here. Um, Dave, what is it that you saw in Sony Michelle to basically put him on the outside of the RB1 territory? Like, is it is it what I'm seeing in that it's a huge uh, volume for him, or do you see him as like a very, um, I guess, uh, explosive kind of back right now? You know, I always liked uh, Sony in general, and he's not an old player in the league. He was he was not uh, um, he was not drafted um, too long ago by the New England Patriots, and I liked his landing spot uh, when he when he went to the Rams, and uh, I I think after the the injury to uh, we, we we forget his name now uh, because he hasn't played for the whole season. Uh, what what is what was this the starter uh, on the Rams? Oh geez, see right, it's been an entire season. Well, I <laughs> promise you that uh, one of the gentlemen in our chat room will immediately tell us who it is because they were on his dynasty team. Yeah, well, we have we have players not starting for a whole year, and then you you kind of forget that they existed. But believe me, that this is a guy who's going to come back uh, in spades next year. Um, but we are talking about okay. Would you? I, I got it. 
Do you have any more guesses? We're talking about Cam Akers. That's right. And uh, he was so good last year. He was going to be the explosive guy. And it wound up being Daryl Henderson. Yeah. So this offensive line clearly very good because if Cam Akers was going to be the guy, it turned out to be Daryl Henderson. Sony Michelle steps in and he plays very well. Like, this is a great situation for running backs. And, you know, all three of these guys are very talented as well. But the point that you bring up is here's a guy who has done this. He's more experienced. Uh, uh, He's had the spotlight on him. He's been good. Uh, and I think that until Henderson eclipses him again officially, that Michelle currently has the job because he's been doing well. And we will see his uh, his snaps be seated uh, to Henderson. But if Henderson doesn't come back from COVID uh, and it's just Michelle, then you've got another 100-plus yard game with possible touchdown, uh, which, which keeps him exactly where I put him here at the borderline of an RB1. Yeah. And I have him on a couple of leagues. Uh, I've been lucky enough nice to... Nice job. And I think that uh, he... Daryl Henderson. <laughs> yeah, the, not the greatest start this week. No. Yeah. Uh, but but, <laughs> but Sony Michelle is a, is a good start in the fantasy playoffs as long as Henderson is not healthy and starting. If both are, then I think that they're going to kind of counteract each other. See, I think that it's at least the first week back, Sony Michelle is still going to get enough carries to be totally worthwhile, especially against a really weak opponent uh, against the run like... Seattle. All right. Um, so I'm saying this week, go for it. They play Minnesota next week. Minnesota's given up a lot of points. Baltimore, the final week, Baltimore's good against the run. They're really weak against the pass. So that could be a game like last week. Uh, you know, Arizona's good against the run, bad against the pass. Sure. There's a heavy passing game for the Rams. Um, but for this week and next week, I like Sony Michelle. Um, but obviously, we'll worry about next week when we, when we get there. Yeah, that's great, and I agree. Let's let's breeze through some of these since we do have a lot of them. So uh, we're still in the starts for the running backs in week. We 15. literally only talked about one player so far. All we right. can move on. Rashad Penny, running back for Seattle. They are going to Los Angeles to play the Rams. His rank is twenty one. His ECR is twenty five. So um, definitely, uh, we like him as sort of a RB two slash flex guy. He blew up last week. He had 137 yards, two touchdowns against the Houston Texans. The Rams are a tougher matchup than the Texans, to be sure, but the Rams have given up big games recently to James Conner and A.J. Dillon in the last three games. Not, you know, we're not talking about Derrick Henry here, so it's not as if Rashad Penny is necessarily out of the class of A.J. Dillon. Um, The Seahawks have nobody to run the ball for them. That's the thing. Um, they have run the ball at least 25 times in the last two games with lots of different people. So Rashad Penny is going to be a guy who's going to see enough work to make you uh, feel good about starting him. I think you have to remember that that Penny was taken as the number 27 pick uh, in the first round of the 2018 draft. And he was taken to be the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. And he's been plagued by injury. And he's been injured. And so now we see that maybe finally this is the... The, the coming of Rashad Penny. Now, what I'm looking at from a dynasty perspective and from a redraft perspective for next year is can he continue to do it? And yeah. the question for people in the fantasy playoffs is the same. But those of you that were lucky enough to get him off of waivers this week uh, or already have owned him from his performance in previous weeks, which would be surprising, um, I, I think that we're going to see him continue to put up good numbers. And I think we're going to see him drafted somewhat highly next year 
with the consideration that Chris Carson might be the 1B instead of the 1A. Or Chris Carson might not even be on the team. Yeah, he could and be. And certainly if he's not on the team, then it's going to be Penny. He could be shipped, yeah. It's very frustrating. I held on to Penny for a long, long time in Dynasty. And this year it was just like, I'm sick of him being injured all the time. Well, first first round draft picks, <laughs> you got to keep a hold of him for three years because you, you don't quite know what's going yeah, to happen. 18, 19, 20. So in 21, I was like, all right. They, well, you know, everyone thanked Jason for getting rid of Rashad Penny, which was the catalyst for him doing well on the Seattle Seahawks. Sure. Thank you, Jason. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> so Adrian Peterson, not the answer there. Alex Collins, not the answer there. Yeah. So if you need to take a chance with a second running back or your flex position, Penny is probably the best player that you picked up on the waiver wire this week. He but, was the best player available in most leagues. But let's be clear, it is certainly also possible that he gets injured or uh, or trends downward because the Seattle Seahawks I mean, don't... at this rate, it's possible he gets freaking COVID on Thursday. They don't look like the best team uh, uh, currently as far as offensive weapons. They're not, you know, they're not that great. Yeah. Michael Carter, uh, talking about teams that aren't that great. They're running back for the Jets. But Carter's been great. They're going to Miami. Um, he's ranked number 25 on our, the Drink 5 rankings. His ECR is 40. That's 15 above ECR. Yeah, and I think that ECR will uh, reflect um, his returning from IR soon enough, but it's still really low. So Carter is expected to be activated on Sunday. The Jets designated him to return. Coach Robert Sala said he's going to return. That's pretty, um, you know, that, that works for me. I think you can count on him playing on Sunday. They play Miami. Um, they play in Miami. So, when Carter got injured in Week 11, they were playing Miami. He had nine carries for 63 yards, seven yards per carry against Miami. That was a great start. In the five games before his injury, he was averaging 15.7 points per game. He's an excellent running back to flex play in the first week of the playoffs, especially if your team is missing starters. So Michael Carter, Rashad Penny are the kind of guys that um, you're going to want to slot in over the sits that we're about to uh, talk about. So sitting at running back, sorry, I didn't want to just jump on. Do you have anything else to say about Michael Carter? No, let's keep moving. I like my, I like Michael Carter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are your rankings. I assume you agree with that. (laughs) at least. Devin Singletary, the running back for Buffalo versus Carolina. He's ranked 38 on our list and he is an ECR of 33. So we're definitely down on him. Um, but let's be honest, if you're considering starting a bills running back, or if you have been starting one, you're not in the playoffs because that's a bad decision. And if you make bad decisions, you don't belong in the playoffs. So let's assume that if you did do that, you were stacked elsewhere, uh, despite your running back decisions. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Singletary only has double digit points in three games this year. And he has not missed any games this year, other than the bye week, obviously. So only one of those games did he score above 12 points. Those are not point totals you want at all in the playoffs. He is not getting you where you want to be, and by the end of fifteen, week 15, you need to be in the winner's column. Singletary does not bring you there. Keep him buried on your bench, or better yet, cut him, put him on the waiver wire, let someone else make that mistake. So he's not being used enough to warrant a start, even. So we talked about Michelle getting 47 carries in the last two weeks. Um, Singletary only has two touchdowns on the year. He's only averaging 7.4 carries since the bye week, 2.7 receptions per game over that same span. Uh, I think their bye week was like seven weeks ago. That's a long time to only have 10 10 touches per game. That is not enough touches for what should be the primary running back. As we all know, the only running back on the Bills is Josh Allen. 
And apparently he was just spotted at a viewing of Hamilton without a limp, uh, laughing and enjoying himself. Uh, so it's not like he's at home recuperating from an ankle injury. The guy seems to be just fine. Devin Singletary? No, Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen. Because I don't know if oh, you knew. I don't know if you knew this, but we we watched the whole Bills game. Yeah. Uh, well, I know that he left the game in a walking boot. Right. And I assume that you know he needed some time off. Uh, you know, sitting down and watching Hamilton sounds, uh, you know, like it's a good place to rest your ankle. It was. Uh, it was great to to look at Twitter. So like we we spotted Josh Allen at a restaurant. He was fine. He was getting up and he was like moving his arms around. Yeah. Uh, and he was walking around. He went to the bathroom. It was, he saw Hamilton. He was enjoying himself. Like, uh, I think it's hilarious uh, the fact that, like, some of these celebrities get uh, get videotaped because people are like, is he in a walking boot? Uh, did he have trouble walking to the bathroom? You know, these... these... <laughs> but no, Josh Allen seems like he's going to be okay, and I haven't heard people anything... People are just videotaping his foot instead of the show. I think the walking boot was simply a precaution. It usually is. So we have a question here from the chat room. Uh, MJR23 says, pick two. Eckler, Monty, Fournette, and Jay Connor. Um, so I believe Austin Eckler and Leonard Fournette are the easy, you know, choices there. James Connor, um, with his, uh, you know, injury situation, is, is sketchy at best. Leonard Fournette playing amazing. Austin Eckler playing very well. Um, so for now, I would go with that. I think you've got to start Eckler because he plays on Thursday night, and you're not going to know. Um, definitive information about your other guys before then. So I think that you just go ahead and start Eckler because that's the safest play. Um, we appreciate the question. Uh, from my perspective, uh, what is that? Uh, MMJ... MJR23. MJJR? Is it MJ Junior 23 <laughs> uh, Yes. So I, I would pick... Uh, We're going to spend all this guy's whole lunch break just parsing his I would I would pick Eckler... <laughs> Fournette and uh, so he also can throw one of these guys in a flex. I would pick Eckler, Fournette, and Gronk and Connor. But the the issue is if uh, if, if Lamar Connor... Jackson plays, I would make if Lamar Jackson plays and James Connor doesn't play, I like Andrews in the flex there instead. Let's just say we we don't want to play Montgomery. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna pick either uh, yeah. Connor or or Andrews based on Lamar Jackson's availability, and and Connor's, and Connor's availability. Health. Connor's healthy, you put Connor in. Lamar Jackson's healthy, and Connor's even a question, you put Mark Andrews in. Yeah, and uh, he also has some other questions. So uh, it's a super flex. He's got Herbert, Hertz, and Cousins. Um, well, Hertz may not play this week because of his uh, high ankle sprain. So Herbert and Cousins again. Herbert's playing on Thursday night. You got to start him, um, and then you can decide on Cousins or Hertz based on injury news on Sunday. Honestly, a high ankle sprain means I'm going to start Cousins. I agree with you there. Yep. And his wide receivers are Renfro, Waddle, Lockett, Pittman, and uh, Smith. Um, that's uh, Mr. Smith of Philadelphia. You pick two there. Uh, I would go with Renfro and Waddle. You know. Yeah, Renfro and Waddle there. Uh, Renfro's been playing very well, uh, getting a lot of work. Waddle is excellent. I mean, he's like the best rookie in the league this year. I, I play Lockett and Renfro, uh, but but good luck to you. Um, I think that uh, Seattle's <sighs> offense has picked up a little bit uh, just as of recently, and I like Tyler Lockett in this particular matchup. So uh, whether you pick Lockett or Waddle, uh, both teams are kind of uh, hopefully on the upswing. 
Yeah, I could see. I, I'm a, I'm not against sitting uh, Waddle because what happens when teams play the Jets? They run the hell out of the ball, and yeah, they don't nev- have to throw it very much. You know, you never you never really want to be in that situation. There's another player that we're going to talk about a little bit later, which is the same way, where it's like, uh, and spoiler alert, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. But uh, when you have a team that's playing someone, in this case, I think they're playing Atlanta, um, where you could just run the ball the entire time, even if you're a team that throws the ball, uh, you have to think about what's going to happen in future situations and not what has happened in the past. So if you look, if you look over the past three or four matchups, uh, Garoppolo has thrown for like two touchdowns a couple times. He's had good points, etc. I personally think that the 49ers going forward in their in their matchups that they have and uh, in their their game scheme in general is going to be more run heavy. So all those people that are that are hoping that Garoppolo will be a good uh, super flex quarterback or maybe a one quarterback sneaky play don't agree with it. Don't think it's going to work out for you. <laughs> I, I yeah. But but good luck to you, MJ Junior. We uh, even though Garoppolo is a local guy, we hope you do well. Unless you play against us, that's the that's the prevailing attitude. That'd here. be really sneaky. Like pick a new a name that we don't recognize. <laughs> that's someone who we know. Mm, I don't know. But let's let's. We move are on. in super flex leagues. Anyways, uh, we've got Zeke Elliott on our sit list, um, and this isn't you know a definite sit. It's in if you can afford to, you should sit Zeke. They're going to New York to play the Giants. His rank is 23. His ECR is 19. So he's going to have to contend with Tony Pollard coming back and taking some of his work. Something that at the beginning of the year we never thought was possible. It just seemed absurd to say, oh, Tony Pollard's going to be taking work from Zeke because he's going to look better than him. Pollard's been better than Zeke. He has been better than Zeke. It's, you know, that's very plain. But there are there's a lot of NFL things that we don't talk about uh, necessarily, but Zeke's very good at pass protection. He's very good at third down situations. Um, and that's right. why they have him out there Running all the backs time. need to have – and you know what? Pollard's good at that too because uh, traditionally he was like the third down guy uh, and the, you know, sort of a guy who would help protect the quarterback in certain situations. So they're both actually probably pretty good at it. But Zeke hasn't seen 20 carries since week five. He's only averaging 9.5 points per game over the last four weeks. He didn't see a noticeable bump in usage when Pollard was out. So Zeke, clearly not himself. He said that he was wearing a knee brace last week, and it helped him a little bit, but he has no um, like lateral movement, basically. He's just straight downhill guy, way too predictable. He doesn't have the power that he's had in previous years. So I don't know if he's not healthy. I don't know if he's wearing down because he's had huge workloads over the last few years. Um, but the point is... I thought that was some kind of goose feather joke, but I was waiting for the punchline. It never happened. It's down (laughs) point is this is the playoffs if you can afford to you should sit zeke elliott in favor of someone with a better ceiling you're right because his ceiling is basically the seven and a half floor now when we talk about these things it's possible you're not going to notice that reference it's possible it's possible that zeke scores 16 points you know but it's more likely that zeke has 11 or he has nine or he has 7.5 so would you start zeke or rashad penny this is going to be dependent on news that comes out. For example, uh, Pollard is not a lock to start this week. Okay, so I'll, I'll we'll, we'll hypothetical this. Um, Penny is the main back, and Pollard is playing with Zeke. 
Yeah, so I mean, these things are difficult. I have currently have Zeke ranked at twenty three, and I have Penny ranked at twenty one. Uh, if I had decide to decide for my own team, and and nothing changed according to the rankings that uh, currently exist, then I would, uh, then I would play, I would play Rashad Penny. I, I literally have to decide that for my own team. But it's very, it's very, <laughs> it's very difficult to not start a stud that you're familiar with playing over and over again. I know. But but when you've seen the entire year, Pollard put up better numbers than Zeke over and over again, even when they're playing at the same time. Then it's less of a blow to your personal ego or your usual, um, you know, regular. Um, uh, process. You know what I hate in these situations is seeing the projected points on a website. Yeah, well, I hate the projected points, but they're always getting in your head. No. So Zeke Elliott projected on Flea Flicker for fourteen point four two PPR. Rashad Penny projected for eight point six five. But I agree. I think Rashad Penny should be the guy in this situation. Well, people need to stop looking at the projected points from from some far away, uh, you know, magic carpet. It, it doesn't necessarily exist in reality. And you have no idea who that person is or how often they're... How they're coming up with a projection or anything. I if know. they're taking into consideration the most recent news, uh, at least on most of the sites that I'm in, there's not necessarily anything that says, like, this was updated three hours ago. It's true. Um, but all we can do as fantasy team managers, myself included... Even though I do rankings, uh, I also look at other things that the people have out there, right? Um, because it's I'm certainly not the be all end all like this particular year. No, you have to be, Dave. You have to be perfect. I've finished in the top ten multiple times per week, but overall, out of two hundred uh, people predicting things, according to the algorithms of the expert accuracy rankings of Fantasy Pros, I'm still like number forty five out of two hundred or something, right? So I can't be um, good at everything. I I need to look at the same things that everyone else does. And when you see something that says uh, this, these are the predicted points, and it's right where you're setting your lineup, totally agree. That's going to be a big influencer. Yeah. Try try not to let it influence you, other than a um, baseline ranking of where that person should be, whether it be like a zero five or a fifteen or a twenty five. Sure, it's a good. I, I try to only use it as a. What's on my bench? Is there someone on my bench who's projected for a lot that I forgot that I, that I looked over? Yeah, I try to look at it that way, but it's like you know that's one of the times just now is when it's really sticking in my head when I say I you know what what I've gone over in the last thirty minutes is that Rashad Penny is a better start than Ezekiel. Elliott. Well, if it if it helps you at all, uh, one of our listeners tonight, Graham, put in the chat room that Zeke is mainly riding the bench in consolation brackets. Right. Well, this is not a consolation. He's, you know. No, no, no. What that means is that yeah. is that those players that have been riding Zeke all year and keeping him in the lineup for every game, yeah. most of them are not in the playoffs. Oh no, it's Justin Jefferson and Joe Mixon that made it to, that made that brought me to the playoffs. Well, then for sure. Then learn something from the consolation bracket teams and don't keep Zeke in your starting lineup. Yeah. So can we go over the rest of my lineup? No. <laughs> but I am curious about Taysom Hill versus Kirk Cousins because that's another case of Taysom Hill feels like the obvious one projected for like three fewer points than Kirk Cousins. I'm happy to go over that, but let's finish our uh, our current segments on the. Why start don't you uh, move on to the wide receivers then? Okay, so let's start uh, wide receivers. 
uh, one of the great things about fantasy football is that we have multiple positions. So if you really royally screw up on one of them, maybe another position could save you. Sure. I've had uh, teams, for example, where I just have the worst running backs in the world. But because I have three good wide receivers and a great tight end, I'm number three uh, overall in the season. And uh, a lot of times, wide receivers are more easily uh, acquirable on the waiver wire. There's certainly more of them. Because there's more of them that have the ability to have a higher ceiling than running backs because you can only have so many running backs that get the amount of touches needed to score more than eight points in a fantasy football game. So, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver for Cleveland. He's playing against Oakland. I have him ranked number 33, and his ECR is currently 45. These ECR rankings are as of about 5 p.m. this afternoon, Central Time. Uh, All sorts of trouble has been brewing for the Browns this week. We talked about that already. Uh, Many active COVID cases. Their organization has reported. That's Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Baker Mayfield, uh, several people on the offense and defensive lines, etc. I think most of their offensive line is out, too. But not all is lost. Case Keenum has proven himself perfectly capable of throwing passes. And actually, I don't think that currently... Uh, he's much different from a Baker Mayfield. In fact, uh, I would ar- agree with that. Arguably, Case Keenum is throwing the ball better, uh, at least with the eye test, uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, not weeks, but the past couple of times he's he's been throwing it. Um, regardless, uh, I think Nick Chubb will be hard at work distracting the defense. Most of this offense, as you mentioned earlier with Nick Chubb, uh, you mentioned him kicking off. uh, uh, Punting and kicking field goals and playing safety. Nick Chubb will probably be doing a lot of work this week. Uh, I'll be surprised if Chubb doesn't have uh, 10 to 20 points uh, on the board. But Peoples-Jones has had at least five targets in six games and is a borderline wide receiver two or three this week, assuming that the show does in fact go on. And uh, we think... We're going to assume that. We think the game will play. And I think that uh, with all those people that are out, that would you know no- why? Because the NFL likes money. <laughs> you got to stop this. Well, it's a it's a it's an island game, as they call them. Yeah. Well, Donovan Peoples Jones has had good weeks, and this seems like a good week for Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh, definitely. So uh, we, I currently rank him twelve spots higher than the ECR. That may go up. Um, it may not. But I think that he is definitely a startable wide receiver three on your team in playoff teams without even worrying about it. I will be surprised if he does not score uh, eight to 12 Who the hell else is going to catch the ball there? Right. Yeah. A.J. Green, uh, Arizona wide receiver. They're playing at Detroit. Uh, I have him ranked number 31. His ECR is currently 36. This should also rise because of the news about Hopkins. Hopkins, obviously, with a knee sprain out on IR for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Green has matchups against Detroit, Indianapolis, and Dallas. All are not too bad for wide receivers. And we expect to see more of A.J. Green as the big play receiver. I talked to you about this earlier this year, and you didn't really agree with me. I think that A.J. Green has has been sort of boomer bust, but a lot of that has to do with all of the pass-catching ability that's on there. I think we were both right. (laughs) <laughs> like it took AJ Green a lot of time to really get used to this offense, and there was that long, couple game stretch with Colt McCoy. But AJ looked great last week, and I think he's finally developed a good rapport. And I like him, and I like where you've put him. Yeah, he had seven receptions from ten targets, 102 yards. And Christian Kirk has been more of the uh, the possession receiver, um, which he has taken that mantle. Uh, and has been with all of these great receivers on that team. I mean, if you're Christian Kirk and you have DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green on your team, you're taking a back seat. Oh, yeah. 
Like there's there's no buts and James Conner is catching one handed passes. Yeah. yeah, and they have Zach Ertz now. It's like uh, Christian Kirk's like, I am I like the fifth target on this team? Yeah, basically. Even he had a good week last week and has had good weeks, but he tends to be more of a short yards possession guy. I think he'll continue there. I think we see AJ Green take on that DeAndre Hopkins role because he's the guy most suited to do it. Right when they when they got to go to someone on fourth down on really tough third downs, it's going to be AJ Green this week. So I see him catapulting to an every week W. WR2. I, I don't think he can reach the heights of his WR1 dumb that he used to have with Andy <laughs> Dalton uh, on the Cincinnati Bengals. However, I think he can be a 100-yard guy uh, in the playoffs this year in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins in uh, in the plushness and, and bountiful joy that is the Arizona Cardinals offense with Kyler Murray. So A.J. Green, worth checking your league for. He's only owned in 58% of uh, flea flicker leagues right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Jefferson, uh, LA Rams receiver versus Seattle. Uh, we have him ranked 21. His ECR is 27. He's scored now in three straight games, and with Beckham testing positive for COVID, Jefferson is averaging more than six targets yes. and 14 fantasy yes. points per game. This is on the roster I was asking about earlier. <laughs> I got myself some Van Jefferson. Stafford playing more consistently lately. He did have a little bit of a downturn about three games ago. It ended, and now he's doing better as far as fantasy consistency. Uh, so Jefferson should continue his double-digit fantasy point streak through Week 15 with Cooper Cup there as the guy that most offenses or sorry defenses are going to have to cover uh matchups beyond that minnesota and baltimore also look good as far as wide receivers are concerned but if beckham gets back involved in 16 and 17 then we're going to have some questions because beckham is definitely someone who stafford is targeting and wants to throw the ball to yeah but for right now in week 15 van jefferson is definitely a, a wide receiver too and that is just the facts. Odell Beckham living in his own world. It's the facts. Fired on his day off. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hilarious line on Monday night. Yes. Uh, we want to sit uh, Julio Jones, uh, who is ranked 42 in my rankings, but ECR is still 33. Yeah, I, 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 I got to agree with that. I know everybody wants to start him, right? But, uh, but Tannehill doesn't uh, – he doesn't have a good time getting Jones the ball, period. The, there's there's a lack of targets there. Uh, there wasn't I, enough. Um, there wasn't enough consistency between the two of them all year uh, in terms of like everyone being healthy at the same time. Well, uh, to really develop that rapport. Well, there's only a couple of games left, and injury has something to do with it. But with Tannehill not being able to get the ball off to those people that he wants to, with Derrick Henry not being there, uh, and that impacting the whole offense in general, Julio Jones is just not a startable asset. Even if you have him on the roster and you want to start him in a desperate position, I would still not start him. I would rather start someone else. It's a good matchup against the Steelers, but don't be fooled. I agree with you. It's it's not the time to start Julio Jones. Uh, and then I have uh, Cole Beasley as a sit as well. Uh, if you look at the last couple of games, for example, and we look at the targets, and targets are a great indicator. Of course, last week you would want to start Cole Beasley based on the fact that he had nine receptions on 11 targets for 64 yards. But if you look at the previous four games, he only had a total of 15 targets over four games. That's week 10, two, week 11, four, week 12, five, uh, and week 13, three. If you have a guy like Cole Beasley who only catches the ball uh, for like eight yards, six yards Shame. at a time, 
You cannot have a guy like that get a target average of four or five targets no, per game. Gabriel Davis is the guy in that position now. Right. And so, although Cole Beasley was definitely a boomer bust slot player this year, it is simply not feasible to play Cole Beasley in the fantasy playoffs because you will lose your matchup because you started Cole Beasley. Well, think about his so-called ceiling. Last week, nine catches for 64 yards in a half-point PPR league is still only 10.9 points. That's exactly right. My last uh, wide receiver sit is not really a sit, but again, it's, it's what we talked about earlier with Zeke. Mike Evans, wide receiver Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. And he's ranked 13 in my rankings and ECR is 10. That's only three difference. But that's but, a lot when you're that high. Well, I, for example, and, and this is just an embarrassment of riches, but I do have a team that has three guys above that. You oh, know, it's well, some, yeah, right here. Occasionally... Okay. I, hope I don't play that team this week. Well, <laughs> I think it's the Drink 5 team. I have like Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and Deontay Johnson or something. Oh, that's the that's the league where you were 10-3 <laughs> and three and I was 3-10. and 10, yeah. And we declared the, the league perfectly balanced. The universe balances itself yes. out. But, but if, you, if you do have three guys that you can start above Mike Evans, please do. But listen, uh, it may be uh, an opportunity, even if you have guys that are in the top 15, for example, even 16, like... Think about it a little bit before starting Evans because Lattimore lining up against him uh, from the New Orleans defense, who's been great this year, Evans has only had a total of 14 targets over the last three games against the Saints. Now, he scored 7.4, 10.4, and 12.8, and that last one was from two receptions only, so it was only high yardage plays. <laughs> and that's full PPR, not half PPR. So if what I'm expecting from Mike Evans is... 10 points in full PPR against against Lattimore. You don't want that from a WR1. Correct. So if if you're okay with that, you can start them. But if you have guys you think have better upside in the playoffs, it's not going to be surprising to me if, if in half PPR, Mike Evans puts up seven points. So you need to think of Mike Evans as a WR3 this week. Yeah, I that's what I think. Okay. And so it's, it's important you know what you're getting yourself into. If you slot him into your starting lineup, please be aware – that he will probably score between 7 and 12 points. Fair enough. He's not going to score 27 points. No. <laughs> it's going to be a Gronk and Godwin week. Or something completely different. A Gronk and someone, or a Gronk and Fournette. The Monty Python, that Tyler Johnson, or something massively weird. Where... Gronk and Tyler Johnson. <laughs> the point is, it's going to be Gronk and someone. Gronk and someone. Agreed. Oh, it's the can that never ends. Graham says, is 35 targets in two games good? Yes, Chris Godwin is getting a lot of targets, and that's exactly what you want to see. Oh, so happy to have traded for him recently. So, let's place a bet, shall we? In the league you traded for him, uh, I hope you win a lot of money. Yeah, well, it's hard to do in the consolation bracket, Ooh. but I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll get some high scores anyways. Maybe next year, Jay. Well, with Godwin and Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams, I'm really hoping that Tyler or Taylor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, doesn't suck. Yeah, that's how uh, about uh, Urban Meyer kicking Josh Lambeau? Trevor Lawrence not <laughs> sucking next year? Maybe too much to ask. You know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta get lucky somewhere in fantasy. In dynasty, you uh, you have to win at like two of your positions. So if you have Jonathan Taylor and a couple good wide receivers, then hopefully you can make. You the know playoffs. what I need is another year of Rob Gronkowski. 
That's not because he won me championships back in the day. That's not going to happen. You can do it one more time. Do you still have him on your team? He's amazing this year. On a team that didn't make the playoffs, how did you not trade him? I don't know. Come on, man. I don't have answers for all your questions. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So let's place a bet. Uh, we haven't done any bets in a while. Uh, we used to do one like every week. So we're due for a bet. Um, we're going to each set a lineup draft style. Um, so we're going to take Dave's rankings and we'll pick a few players from right next to each other in the rankings and the loser buys a pizza for next week's show. Love it. Well, before the show, we're not going to eat on the show because that would be distracting. Yeah, we could do that, but we're not going to. Right. We could do whatever we want, but we're not going to. That's right. (laughs) So, um, would you like to start Dave or do you want to go second and pick running backs first? Uh, give me the the choice. And you adjusted these based on our my ranking changes from like 4 or 5 p.m.? I did, yeah. Okay, are they in the order of the rankings? They are. Uh, which which I might not necessarily choose. But. So we're going to pick from... You, you can keep looking. I'll, I'll lay this out a little bit more. Like I said, go to drink5.com. Take a look at Dave's rankings. This is half PPR scoring. We're going to pick a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end. And they're all going to be ranked right next to each other. And then I pick the guy underneath them as a backup. So if... Somebody doesn't play because of COVID or whatever, then we can just throw the backup guy in. And then we will have a leftover um, that Jess will get to uh, take possession of. Because the first time we did this this year, the leftover team kicked our ass. Does she actually want to do that? Yes. So someone's buying pizza. Someone's buying pizza. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Boom. Okay. So starting off. Uh, we've got the quarterbacks five through seven. Do you want to start on quarterback or do you want to defer and start on running back? Uh, I would like to start with quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. So quarterbacks five through seven, there's Patrick Mahomes playing against the chargers in yeah. LA. Got it. The, the Aaron Rodgers going to Baltimore, the Aaron Rodgers, and Dak Prescott going to the New York football giants. Who do you want on your squad, David? So what what I what I think about right away is that the Chargers probably have the best defense versus quarterbacks, and Patrick Mahomes has had a lot of issues so far this year. So I like Dak or Rodgers. Uh, I, I think right now, I think the guy on on a on a on a on a streak that's doing well on a You're team. You're taking the toe, aren't you? Yeah, I'm taking the the turf toe. Uh, I'm taking the fully immunized Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so mark me down for Rogers, please. I, I I already started writing that down as soon as you started talking. Um, in that case, I will go ahead and take Patrick Mahomes. Oh no, the frog! That's a mistake, dude. Uh, the Chargers' offense has been rolling this rolling lately. Um, we're gonna give Jess Dak Prescott, and then I Dak get to Prescott's pick. a good uh, uh, a good third. Oh, sure. In fact, Dak actually has the best matchup against the Giants. He's playing the Giants, yeah. yeah. But all three of these guys are on the road. Yeah. Um, and Patrick Mahomes does play on Thursday night. Yeah. But I'm thinking that they're going to have to score a lot of points because LA's going to score points. Yeah. So, uh, at running back, we're going 16 through 18. You've got Saquon Barkley hosting the Dallas Cowboys, the aforementioned Cowboys. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to uh, Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night. And Javante Williams, they will be hosting Cincinnati. Uh, the backup in this case would be Antonio Gibson in case someone doesn't play. My choice first, I, oh, I'm having a mini, uh, 
Stroke? Crush on Javante Williams this crush. year in fantasy. Uh, well, just because. Again, wait till next year, my friend. It, it's been really fun watching like a rookie play really well. Did you like when uh, Melvin Gordon got all the snaps again uh, the next week? Oh, it thrills me. Trust me. Because <laughs> because I just know that when Melvin Gordon's not there next year, Javante Williams is going to be like a top five running back. Yeah. Javante Williams, Jonathan Taylor. I'll, I'll stop roster baiting now. But I will take Javante Williams out of these three because I have no faith in Saquon at the moment. Saquon, to me, is like a lesser Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and I agree. So I'll take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Against the Chargers defense uh, against uh, running backs, that is not very good. All right. And then Jessica gets Saquon. Well, now we, well, I'm like, Dak Prescott and Saquon Barkley for the third uh, player? <laughs> it seems like they might win. <laughs> this is how the, be- the the leftover team won the first time we did this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so are we doing the right thing here? I don't know. All right, Dave. You get your choice of wide receivers, starting with uh, the wide receivers 20 through 22. You got Terry McLaurin, who put up a big fat goose egg last week. Van Jefferson, who you just uh, sang his praises. Uh, McLaurin, by the way, going to Philadelphia. Van Jefferson hosting Seattle. And then Mike Williams host or playing host to Kansas City. Our backup in this case is Marquise Brown. Who do you like, Dave? Hmm. This one's a little tougher. So uh, Van Jefferson versus Seattle or Mike Williams versus Kansas City. I uh, I had a, a, a team, a dynasty team with McLaurin on it, and that was rough to get to zero. But Washington has bigger problems. Um, it's it's an issue. Um, and they play Philly, who's not very good. Well, they're actually the best team against wide receivers. Is uh, that out true? Of those three. Oh, yeah, Philadelphia. Oh, out of those three, Philadelphia okay. defense is not too shabby against wide receivers. They have good corners. Third fewest points uh, to opposing wide receivers. Yeah, see, this guy obviously knew that information. I just have it handy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I talked up Van Jefferson earlier, and I'd like him now. Ah, uh, nice. You were going to grab the Van Jefferson. Oh, I absolutely would have taken Van Jefferson. Well, with Odell Beckham out and him as the number two de facto wide receiver for the Rams offense that will pass the ball a bunch, love it. So I'll take Mike Williams, and the leftover player is Scary Terry. So um, right now the leftover team is all NFC East, and I feel good about that. (laughs) They're also all all all-stars. I'm not too worried. You're right, they are. They're like pro pro bowlers. bowlers. Yeah, that's, that's who true. we're leaving for Jess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, but we all get but we pizza. all get pizza. So that's are there right. really losers here? I don't think so. I don't think there's losers. All right, at tight end, we're going to go from nine through eleven. We've got Kyle Pitts who uh, has to travel to San Francisco. Dallas Goddard hosting Washington. Mike Gesicki hosting the New York Football Jets. And the backup here is Pat Fryermuth. So. I get my first choice Yeah, we got here. to do some Muth in person. It was great. So, let's see. Gusecki against the Jets I'd like, but I'm not thrilled about the passing game for Miami against the Jets because nobody needs to throw the ball against them. Dallas Goddard versus Washington. He could be the only one around, and if Gardner Minshew plays, he's going to throw the ball to him a lot. And Kyle Pitts, the best talent here probably – I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard, though. Okay, so... Uh, I want that Minshew mania. San Francisco uh, allows the least amount of points to tight ends out of any team in the NFL. Oh, boy. Uh, so, of course, we'll give the the most talented player to Jess. And I'll take Mike Gesicki <laughs> versus the New York Jets. Okay. Well, we're, we're making a mistake here, though, I'm pretty sure. 
The, the, the team that is going to win so, is... So, Dak Prescott, Saquon Barkley, Terry McLaurin, and Kyle Pitts. Clearly going to destroy everyone. the leftover team. Yeah, I mean, that sounds amazing to me. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. All right. And, and I wonder if maybe the backup team could be even better of Matthew Stafford, Antonio Gibson, Marquise Brown, Pat Fryermuth. No. No, the leftover team is definitely better than the backup team. Well, we, we have to add the... Um... And if the backup team wins, then we're not allowed to eat pizza for two weeks. Oh, my God. Well, also, the person that wins gets to determine what's on the pizza, I'm pretty sure. Well, oh, okay. Snap. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. So we're that's all, our bet. We're all good people here. Um, we will talk about that last week and uh, let everybody know what happens. Yeah. And then... Um, good bet. I thought that would be a little less jarring, but I wanted to listen to more. Drop zone, come on in, just another milestone, this is all a part of the plan. Hang tight, follow me, listen to the man, not the machine, You know, I listened to the first 30 seconds of the song so much, I forgot about the middle of it. You should listen to the rest of it. I should. I should I should just throw them, like, can I get them in my Spotify playlist somewhere? Yeah, so uh, to anyone who cares, uh, I do plan on releasing uh, a whole little album uh, on Spotify. This, Stay tuned for Outhouse Nightlife. This coming year. Uh, but, but some of the songs that we're listening to are some of the first songs that I have actually produced and created all myself, drums and bass and guitar and vocals and everything. Yeah. So if you like them, that's great. I have more stuff coming that I think will be even better, and I'm sure we'll play it on the podcast because it's royalty free. Yeah, we don't have to pay anybody to play this music. Well, he has to pay me, but uh, he pays me in beer, and that's fine. Okay, fair enough. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, he, he pays me in pizza. <laughs> but let's talk about the J cut list. And uh, Jason actually came up with the J part of the cut list, which is not something that we put up on the website, but maybe something that we should put up on the website going forward. If we write it down, we should post it. Yeah, well, we don't always do that. That's not uh, that's not something that we always do. Something you know that what? we should do. Sometimes it's nice to have things that are exclusively on the podcast. Exclusively podcast. The people who the people who have made it this far into the podcast should get that sort of special treat. Yeah, and, this and, is for those of you who've made it this far. It's like a brownie. Thank you it's for like listening. A, it's like a, a Godiva, like a chocolate mint chocolate. What are those really good? The Ferrero Rochers, the. Yeah, the big like gold ball ones. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Those are phenomenal. See, I don't eat a lot of sweets. I know. I like you. You have a giant tray of them, and I slowly eat them over the months. Well, just so you know, there's, there's some chocolates upstairs we just got that are like designer chocolates, so you can have one. Great. Yeah, but it's not Ferrero Rocher. It's like some weird uh, specialized sure company from Geneva or something. I'm sure it's pretty good. <laughs> Let's try it out. But the J Cut List is where we talk about those players that should not be on your team for whatever reason. Now, sometimes I have some specialized uh, selections that are called the hot seat selections. I love, I love the hot seat selections that I put this week. And I'd love to hear what Jason has to say about them. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go over quickly all the players. I'm going to stop at the hot seats so that Jason can comment on those, whether positive or negative uh, uh, feedback. Uh, and we're going to try to decide if we can come up with a, um, uh, a common 
a dislike for that player going forward in the fantasy playoffs, <laughs> or if it's someone that maybe I don't think you should have on your team. I know that there's one player on your list that I disagree with, but let's let's uh, let's get into always it. Always welcome to disagree. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is the first guy, 83% owned in Flea Flicker Leagues. With Derrick Henry out, defenses focusing on Tannehill, that's not working out for fantasy owners. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 54% owned. He's thrown more than one touchdown in five of his last six starts. Back-to-back top 15 finishes and good matchups against Atlanta. But I think all of that will prove to be fantasy fool's gold. Ooh, that's a good buzzword. As the 49ers reaffirm their commitment to game management and rushing on the ground to close out the season. Now, this is a, a hot take by me. I understand that based on how Garoppolo But this is not been, your hot seat pick. But it's not the hot seat. Well, because he's only 54% owned. Yeah. Uh, hot seat pick is Derek Carr, 82% owned. Now, Carr is averaging under 14 points per fantasy matchup over the last four weeks. He was doing very well this year, but he is not anymore. So look at the trend. Don't get caught in the whirlpool. Get rid of Derek Carr. Jason, what do you think? I can't disagree. So if the Cleveland Browns had not given up 42 points to Justin Herbert or 33 in week one to Patrick Mahomes, they might be in the top five teams uh, for giving up the fewest points to fantasy quarterbacks. Right. They have not given up a 20-point game since week six to Kyler Murray. Derek Carr is not going to reverse this trend. Nope. You know, he's not going to throw his 300 yards and win the game sort of thing. Cleveland is going to have nobody and still win. Yep. Great. Running backs, Dontrell Hilliard, 46% known. He held to was held to 13 yards on six rushes and zero receptions from two targets last week. Now, the week before, he broke out for 131 yards rushing in that previous matchup. It's important to note for all fantasy team managers that Dontrell Hilliard is a handcuff. He's a handcuff. He is not someone who you're going to start in the playoffs. If you do, you will lose. Not period. even a proper handcuff like Alexander Madison. Right, he's like a fourth, third third stringer. He's like a fuzzy pink handcuff that doesn't actually do anything. No, he's a fourth stringer because you got Deontay Foreman and then like all these guys on top of the on top of the No, great job, Hilliard. Great job uh in the previous week, but you are not going to provide anybody with a win. And if someone plays Dontrell Hilliard this week in the fantasy playoffs, then you should just count your blessings. JD McKissick, sixty seven percent owned. McKissick has a concussion, still not practicing. He put up good numbers last week, but he only averaged 8.25 points over the previous four weeks. Any running back that you put out that has less than 9, 10 points per week is simply not startable in a fantasy championship team. I agree. Jeff Wilson, 45% owned. Wilson has yet to capitalize on his opportunities this season. His numbers look poor at best. And Mitchell should be back in the driver's seat this week. He's not yet. He is still not yet. He had a concussion last week, and he's not out there. He had a concussion the week before. Yes, he's not, and he, and he didn't start last week, right. and he's not out there yet. But every time that Wilson has come in and started the game, he has not put up numbers worthy of starting. I agree. It's very much a shame because as an Elijah Mitchell owner, I have relied on Jeff Wilson, and um, I am not in the playoffs in that league. Well, that's what you get for relying on a backup to start his backup's backup. Well, these are things that you have to do sometimes, Dave. <laughs> Hot seat, Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, uh, rather, 75% owned. God, it really should be Chuba. I know. I, I always say Chuba, but it's Chuba. With the Panthers' offense in shambles and Hubbard seeding some work in the passing game to Amir Abdullah every single game, 
He is providing a purely touchdown-dependent level of production in the fantasy playoffs. Therefore, he is not a startable asset on a fantasy championship team, period. You mean you don't want to play them against the Bills, who are like one of the best defenses in the league? I think not, sir. Oh, okay. I think I agree with you. There. Wide receiver Rashad Bateman, 50% owned. Mm. Bateman is still too far down the depth chart on Baltimore to start on a consistent basis. He has not performed well consistently, and there are many players on that team still getting more snaps than he is, including Duvernay and Watkins. If so, Duvernay and Watkins are getting more snaps and more production than he is during a game, uh, he is not the guy. Last week, seven... Receptions on eight targets, 103 yards. His highest yardage uh, of the season. Uh, I am disagreeing with you here. I do not cut Rashad Bateman. I I think that he is going to be the kind of guy that when your wide receivers are hurting, he's not a starter, but when your wide receivers are not in great shape, you got to go with him. Who was the person throwing him the ball last week? Uh, well, it wasn't Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson went out in the second quarter. Correct. It was uh, it starts with an H. Is his last name? No, I think the guy. I actually have to look it up. I think the guy's name is uh, is Ty or something. Tyler but, Huntley. But regardless of that, my point is that that's not the normal offense. You're right, but he went 27 for 38 and had 270 yards. So, like, it sounds like you really want Rashad Bateman to do well for your team. Unfortunately. Uh, I want Rashad Bateman to be a thing. I'm not going to disagree with that. He simply is not for this year, according to my... uh, um, They play the Packers. They're going to be down. They're going to need to throw the ball. Yep, they're going to throw it to Watkins and DuVernay. Well, they're going to throw it to Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman. No, they're gonna throw. They're gonna throw it to. They're gonna throw it to Marquise Brown, DuVernay, and Watkins. You know who they're gonna throw it to is Mark Andrews. Yes, that as well. <laughs> I'm saying if you start Bateman in your fantasy championship or your fantasy uh, semifinals or your fantasy week 15. Oh, it's like the the last option that you have. You're going to lose. Certainly. Please do not start Rashad Bateman. He he, I, I haven't lost enough players to have to start him yet. Okay. But I'm certainly not cutting him right now. I think there's better players with more upside on the waiver wire than, than Rashad Bateman. I'll have to do more research, though. Elijah Moore, 68% owned. Moore was put on IR recently and could return as early as Week 17 against the Bucks. But then you have to play him against the Bucks in the week that he comes back from IR. And you're not going to do that. Sterling <sighs> yeah, Shepard, 49% owned. After being out since Week 8, Shepard caught two of four targets for 27 yards against the Chargers. That's not enough, Shepard. Uh, and Kadarius Tony is on COVID, and, and no one on the Giants is worth starting at all. They're going to start someone who we couldn't get with five guesses because Mike Glennon isn't even going to play because Mike Glennon was so bad. That's right. And on the hot seat, Jerry Judy, 82% owned. Judy has had a reliable amount of targets per game, but they've only turned into an average of 7.5 fantasy points per game in half PPR, and he has yet to score a touchdown in the entire season. So guess what? Keep looking. The offense this year is really disappointing. He's only averaging 11.4 yards per reception. Last year, he averaged 16.5. And who's who's responsible for that? The offensive coordinator? I don't know. How about the quarterback? Probably more Terry. Look, not no. Terry, I'm not going to blame it on Teddy because Teddy was throwing the ball downfield more than anyone else in the league the first five weeks. He's a Teddy apologist, folks. I am. Yeah. But I you know wear what? two gloves. Two gloves. Teddy, two gloves. That's right. Look, regardless, you can't start Cortland Sutton because Judy's back. Can't start Judy because Judy sucks. I would rather start Rashad Bateman than Jerry Judy. 
And I'm okay with that. <laughs> but but I think you cut both of them and you grab players with higher upside because it's the fantasy goddamn playoffs. Tight end, Jared Cook, 72% owned. Tight touchdown dependent, Jared Cook. Low production, Jared Cook. Consistent amount of targets, Jared Cook. He has not topped 30 yards in the last five contests. I saw him in one of my starting lineups. If he occasionally has a touchdown, he might score 6.9 points because he had .9 yards. You know, or not point. Oh. Sorry, he had he had uh, nine yards and a touchdown. That's the only way that Jared Cook will get points is if he has a touchdown and between one and 29 yards. Do you want to yell at me one more time for my tight ends? Who's your tight end? <laughs> Jared Cook. And Hunter Henry. <laughs> Hunter Henry was really great in the regular season when he was just constantly scoring touchdowns. That is the epitome of the touchdown-dependent tight end. Hunter Henry midseason. He yeah. was awesome. But that's all you can do, right? Dawson Knox is a touchdown-dependent tight end that turned into uh, a guy that is no longer touchdown-dependent. The best option on the waiver wire is probably Ricky Seals-Jones. Yeah, well, that's rough too, man. I know. Yeah. I mean, just because Philadelphia is giving up lots of points to opposing tight ends. So I hope that my opponent this week is not listening right now and blocking me. Heck yeah. Uh, hot that seat. would be a sly move, opponent. My hot seat tight end is Noah Fant. 86% owned, uh, still owned in lots of teams. He has not managed double-digit points in full PPR leagues. Full PPR leagues. Double-digit points. Full PPR leagues in five of his last six games. Now, there has to be, again, someone with more upside that you can play uh, than Noah Font. Now, occasionally, that's not the truth. He's the best guy, especially in a deep league or if, if teams are rostering you know, tight ends one or two deep. Maybe he's the best guy that you can have. Maybe Jared Cook's the best guy you can have. But on in regular redraft fantasy leagues, neither of these guys should be playing in Week 15. They should not be playing. They are simply guys that do not have enough upside or consistent behavior to be the tight end for you. Um, there are 20 tight ends out there that are that are usually uh, uh, scoring some amount of points, right? Please go out there and look to see if there's someone with higher upside than your guy. Yeah. That said, I, I totally get it. If, if uh, Fant is the best you can do, then just leave them there and feel bad about it. So they're playing Cincinnati this week. The double-digit games for Cincinnati, or I'm sorry, that um, Cincinnati has given up against TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth, and George Kittle. Those are all great tight ends. Yeah, they are all great tight ends. Yeah, no offense, not a great tight end. No, but he could put up a double-digit, you know, game. He's he just, more of Jared Cook level, where four point four. He just hasn't in five of his last six, which is more than a trend. No, I mean, Noah Fant was scoring a touchdown every other week for the first six weeks. In two of those games, he had over 10, you know, 10 or more targets. So that's not the kind of production that he's getting anymore. Yeah, and what do Noah and Jerry have in common? They're both on, they both have two gloves. That's right. Two glove Noah. That's what they call him. (laughs) (laughs) What a terrible nickname. Well, we do what we can, right? Because we must. That's right. All right. All right. We got anything else for tonight? Any more questions from the chat room? Heck, I'm getting out of here, man. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Let's go check out this windstorm we're getting here in the Midwest. It is intense outside. But we didn't lose power, and we hope that we can transfer power for effect to all of you guys. And please listen to our cuts and our starts and sits, because we're going to be right 
more than 65% of the time. That is my promise to you this week and this week only. I'm still upset you didn't you didn't catch my reference earlier. Uh, about the seven? The seven and a half floor is a very low ceiling. It's from being John Malkovich. Oh, well, I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. But I, I do I do love... The super low ceiling. I do love John Malkovich. And what's better than a movie named after the actor that's in it? Yeah. <laughs> not, not much, let's be honest. That's a brilliant movie. <laughs> Ed Norton and John Malkovich. And also Sit... No, it was um, uh, the guy from High Fidelity. Oh, yes, you're right. John Cusack. Cusack and uh, Malkovich. Yes. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. And Cameron Diaz. Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. Malkovich? Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich. Malkovich and our Malkovich. And subscribe to our Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich percent Malkovich. Malkovich.com slash Malkovich. And subscribe to Malkovich. Yes. Malkovich. Malkovich. Malkovich.